Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. And uh, I'm excited about where God is going to take us in the year of 2023. Come on, it's just around the corner. Christmas is a couple of weeks away. I was thinking about this last night. And then three weeks from today, we will be standing here in the year 2023. So uh, it's pretty crazy to think that that's, that's that close. Uh, but I'm excited about where God, we're going to be talking a whole lot more about that um, as we get into the new year. I'm excited about our word for 2023 and what God's going to do when he's speaking to our church. So I'm excited about that. Um, I want to take just a moment and do something and, and talk to you about a few things really quickly before, uh, before we get into the message, get into the word today. Um, this, Lucas, will you come up here? <laughs> come on, let's give it up for Lucas. Um, so over the last, I guess it's been over the last few months, um, they have been, he and his family have been praying and, uh, and just seeking the Lord and what the Lord has for, for them. And I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've had the opportunity. You probably have because he's very personable and, and uh, a great guy. But I don't know if you've had the opportunity to, to know Lucas or meet Lucas. Um, but this, this guy, I saw myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> Whew. For the last, I think it's been, what, three and a half years? Now, something like that, serving um, as an elder here at this church. And I just want to tell you, you'll, you'll never know what you have meant to myself and our family and to this church as a whole. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so at the beginning of the new year, there's been an opportunity. They felt like the Lord is uh, leading and he's going to be stepping into uh, pastor at Christ Community Church. Um, right down the street from us, and so uh, they're going to be stepping into that role, and, and I just got to tell you, um, we've been talking about this, and I <laughs> was even sharing with a few other people, um, I think that I, I'm just excited because I, at what the Lord, I feel like the Lord is doing, and don't get me wrong, because um, we, were, we, were, we were telling, I think we were saying it yesterday, we said, um, we're happy for them and sad for us. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not going to be right here all the time. Um, but one thing that I'm excited about is I believe that this is another um, opportunity for unity right. within our community and within our city. And, uh, and I told him early on whenever we were talking about this and he was sharing this with me, just kind of going through this process, I said, well, the one thing I'm holding on to is you're just going to be right down the street. <laughs> so uh, we'll still be able to be connected or whatever, but I just wanted to take an opportunity this morning, and, and I just want to say I honor you for um, the way that you have helped lead and the wisdom that you have given to me. Um, many of you don't know, there's a lot of times that I would call on this guy <laughs> and say, hey, um, what, what would you do here? <laughs> what, would, what do you feel like the Lord is saying in this situation or whatever? And uh, he's been a blessing. Um, far above anything that we could ever say. And I just want to invite, um, I know guys standing back here, I think Stephen's out of town today. I'm going to invite my wife up and the other elders that are in the room. Is Jeff in here? I don't know if Jeff's in here or not. Is he standing out there? 
There he is. And I just want us to take a moment, and I want you, even where you're sitting, we're just going to surround him, and uh, we just want to pray over, over Lucas and his family as they step into what God has for them next. And I just know, I know without a doubt that God's going to do some seriously significant things. Amen. Through you and your obedience. Amen. Come on. The, the best thing that you could ever do in your life is be obedient Amen. to the Lord. Amen. If, you'll be, if you'll live your life being faithful and obedient to God, I mean, God's, God's more than capable of taking care of, of right. all the stuff in between. That's right. So uh, we're going to gather around you. And I just want you out here, if you'll, if you'll just stretch your hand this way, and we just want to pray over Lucas and his family and just believe that, um, that God's hand's going to be on them and that uh, he's going to give you strength and continue to give you wisdom and direction That's right. and that you're going to know um it's just going to be this this is the way walk in it yes. this is what this is what i need to do i'm walking in it Amen. so <laughs> god we thank you so much right now for lucas and Joni and these girls and god i thank you for the calling that you've put on his life for the direction that you have given him lord we thank you uh god i thank you for someone who is who is willing no matter the cost, to be faithful and obedient yes. to your voice, yes. to be faithful and obedient to your word, and to just want to be in your will. And God, we thank you for what you are going to do even in advance. We may not yes. even see it down the road, but God, you have something significant yes. in store. God, you are doing what only you can do through faithfulness and obedience. And so, Lord, we pray blessing over them, favor over them, direction over them, wisdom over them, guidance over them. God, that you would do what only you can do in their lives and through their lives as they minister to your people. And we thank you for it. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said amen. I love you. All right, um, so a couple other things really quickly. Come on, wasn't the last three weeks, I know I was going back this last week and, and uh, watching some of the services and listening to the message and Lucas spoke and Michael spoke and Aaron spoke and I just know you were encouraged. Um, I, I was thinking during our time away, um, you know, we had this event that we did yesterday called Share the Hope and many of you were there to serve and I just love this time of year. I love the opportunity and what God put on our heart to do that event and uh, just be able to be a blessing to people in our community during the holiday season. Uh, it's, it's such an important thing. Even thinking back to Thanksgiving baskets and just the families that I've heard uh, stories of that were so grateful and sending messages about being so thankful for what uh, the person that dropped off their meal and, you know, different things like that. And yesterday, even we were able to minister. I know my wife was, was talking to a lady. She was sharing with me uh, later on in the day. But uh, just people that were affected by the tornado from, you know, five weeks ago and been staying in a hotel for the last five weeks. And, and uh, just, just I, it's amazing to me when you encounter people. You ever encountered somebody and they were telling you about their heart and they were doing it with a smile? And with excitement, and I know that God's going to be faithful, and I know what's coming, you know, down the and and it's all going to be okay, and it's all going to be all right, and and you you see people like that, and sometimes you think, man, you know that that's what that's what God does in our lives, is we can still have joy in the midst of difficult things. But we were able to minister and and uh, pray for this lady and other people that were coming through this line and getting, you know, pillows and blankets and coats for their kids and socks and. 
and toys and just all the things that were there, babies' clothes and, and all of this stuff. And I just love this time of year. Uh, and I would encourage you, if you haven't yet, find some way over the next couple of weeks. There's no better time than this season to just reach out and love somebody. Do something for somebody else. Share hope with somebody else. Share, you know, like, like get your kids out and, and go do something for somebody else during the holiday season and, and, and allow the Lord to use you in that way. And uh, so yesterday was awesome. And then I want to make mention of this, and then we're going to get into the message, I promise. Um, coming up in January, if you've been a part of our church, you know that we enter into January, and, uh, and we're going to be doing a time of prayer and fasting. And I want to tell you about it now. Uh, so that you can begin to pray and you can begin to prepare <laughs> for what it is that God wants you to do. Um, I want you to know that, that, man, that what there's going to be, here's, here's the thing. I promise you when January rolls around, I'm going to call every one of us to fast. So don't be surprised, you know, the, the, the beginning of January when you're like, oh, what is, what is this that we're doing? You know we've done this every single year as a church, but there is something so significant that happens whenever we deny our flesh and we feed our spirit. And so that's why we do, every single year, we give God the best of us. We say, you know what, God, we're, gonna, we're just going to reset in this moment. We're going to take some time, and we're going to pray, and we're going to fast. And so I want you to be praying about what it is that God's going to have you do during that time. What is he going to call you to fast? And we're going to have, you know, specific prayer topics that we're praying together over corporately, and things, you know, we usually have things that we'll read together, and, and, uh, and things that we're fasting, you know together corporately but ask the lord over the next few weeks what is it that you want me to do what is it that you're calling me to what is it that you're asking me to step out and do or be a part of or fast in this way because he wants to speak to you he wants to speak to you so i uh, want to let you know about that all right so today we are jumping into um, a message and i want to i want to preach to you out of psalms chapter one today Psalms chapter 1. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. It's always going to be on the screen. But uh, we're going to jump into Psalms chapter 1. And this is something, as I was just reading, just in, uh, just in devotional time, I read this. And, and many of you have probably read this. Uh, this psalm kind of sets the stage for several after it. You know, it's kind of like leading into uh, the things that were written after it. But uh, in Psalm chapter 1... In verse 1, this is how it starts out. It says this, it says, blessed is the man who. Now I want to pause here for just a moment because most of us would say, I want to be blessed. Is there anybody at church today that would say, you know what I want? I want to be blessed. I want the blessing of God on my life. Anybody at church today would say, you know what I don't need? I just don't need any blessing. <laughs> you know, God, I don't need any blessing. I don't need anything significant in my life. I really don't, you know, I really don't care if you do that or not. This says, it starts off, I love it, blessed is the man who, I love the way that the New uh, American Standard Bible translate the first part of this verse because it says it this way, how blessed, how blessed. Now, have you ever, you ever made statements like this? How awesome is it that we get to, you ever, you ever said something like, how incredible was that? Or how crazy is it? That we get to do this. And I love the way that the New American Standard Bible translates it at the very beginning. Because it adds one word. It's not just blessed is the man, but how blessed is the man. And all of us would say that we want to be blessed. We want to be blessed. I love that, that this word how 
is added in in the New American Standard because I think it adds emphasis to what we're saying, what the psalmist is writing. It's this picture of how blessed is the man. How blessed is the person. How blessed is this individual, as we're going to see in a moment, who doesn't do certain things but does do certain things and then it's going to give us a picture of what it looks like to be blessed i believe and here's the thing and we've talked about this before before we get into the next couple of verses we've talked about this before we think of blessing we would all say we want to be blessed but we all think of blessing a lot of times as meaning well we're going to have more money could be maybe not you know we we think of you know, well, it means getting more stuff or getting the promotion or the job that we've always wanted for so long. We think of blessing, you know, we've all heard people say like, well, I'm just, you know, I, I, I came to America for the American dream. And, and I'm just trying to, you know, live the American dream. And, you know, you were, you were born and you saw your parents live a certain way and try to do certain things. And it's like, I just want the American dream. And what do we think of when we think of the American dream? A lot of times we think of, I have the opportunity to get more. I have the opportunity to be more. I have the opportunity to make more. I have the opportunity to, to step into more. And that might be the case in a lot of our lives. I do believe that God wants us to walk in his blessing in that way. But the word blessed that is used here is something that even Jesus, when you talk about the Beatitudes, Jesus even uses another version of this word in the New Testament. This is a word that means happy. So let me ask you again, how many of you would want to be happy? Because we think of, well, yeah, I want to be blessed, I want to be blessed. How many of you would want to be happy? In fact, this is the way that the Amplified Bible translates it. it you know, if you read the Amplified Bible, it has these parentheses, and it kind of digs into the word a little bit and tells you kind of what that word means. And it says it this way, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God. Who would not want to be fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God? Happy. Blessed. And the Bible is telling us, this psalmist, this writer is saying, this is a type of person that is blessed. The Bible isn't giving us a method for how to get what we want. And what we're going to look at today is a prescription, I think, for being happy. It's almost like a byproduct of some things in your life. That you'll experience this happiness, this blessing, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God in this way. As a byproduct of some other things. And so the writer of this psalm is telling us that a person is happy and fortunate and prosperous and favored by God as a byproduct of some instructions that this person follows. And so getting back to those verses, just verses 1 through 3 in Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or set foot on the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and who prospers in all he does. I've simply titled this message today, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Come on, can we pray? God, we thank you today for your word. Lord, I pray that these would not be my words that come out of my mouth, but Lord, that I would take what you have already had written down and inspired, and Lord, that you would, that you would allow that to penetrate our hearts today and that we would learn and grow in the knowledge of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so I want to look at three these three verses today and give you three points. Here's point number one, if you're taking notes, talking about I want to be blessed. Here's point number one, avoid sinful behavior. 
Avoid sinful behavior. Now, when I was reading this, there were some things that stuck out to me in verse number one. Here's verse number one again. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or set foot on the path of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Now, we would all probably say that sin and wickedness and mocking, you know, are not God's desire for our lives. But there are three things that I don't know if you've ever noticed this or if you noticed it when we read it. And you can look at this in other translations as well. And even in other translations, I like the wording even a little bit better. But three things that were mentioned in verse 1 that, that it talks about. It talks about walking, standing, and sitting. Walking, standing, and sitting. He's saying, blessed is a man who does not, and then it talks about ways that we walk, places that we stand, and seats that we sit in. Now, here's, I, honestly, as I was reading this, I thought, that pretty much covers it all. I mean, how many, like, you're walking in a way, or you're standing in a path, or you're sitting in a certain seat, and we're going to go through these just briefly here in a moment, but this really does cover it all, and the reason I titled this point, Avoid Sinful Behavior, is because these are all a form of action. Walking is a type of action. Standing is a type of action. Sitting in a certain place is a type of action. They're all things that we're doing. It's all behavior. It's places that we're going, people that we're encountering, seats that we're sitting in. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. Do you remember a time in your life when you were walking in sin? You were just, you were walking in sin. And this is you know, walking in the Bible refers a lot of times to how somebody lives their life. When it's talking about walking in this way, it's talking about how you live your life. You're living your life. You remember a time in your life when you were just living in sin? You were walking in worldly advice? Come on, anybody ever got some worldly advice? You were asking somebody's opinion on something and you walked away and you thought, huh, I don't know if that's in the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. If I need to follow that, you know, that, that sounds good. It sounds good, but you remember a time when you were walking in worldly advice or you were living in a sinful lifestyle? I'm not talking about you messed up. I'm not talking about you, you know, like you, you stumbled. I'm talking about you were walking in that way. You were choosing it or you were seeking counsel from the wrong sources or walking in destruction or you were choosing to walk in a way that was contrary to God's word what the word of God says. You were, walk, you were living your life, you were walking. And he says, he says, blessed is the man or blessed is the woman or blessed is the person, blessed is the believer who does not walk in this way. Who, who doesn't live their life in this way. Which would make sense when we stop and think about it that man, if blessing in this way is a byproduct of something, wouldn't it be a byproduct of Avoiding these kind of situations? Not, not choosing to live my life in this way? I like the way that one person said it. Said the fastest way to miss your blessing is to take counsel from those who have no regard for God's view on life. The fastest way to miss your blessing is to take counsel from somebody or people or, or culture, the world around us, when they have no viewpoint from God's standard or God's view on life. And so maybe you've, you've found yourself walking or living in this way. Or maybe, maybe you found yourself sitting on the path of sin. I like this one. If you go back and, and look at verse number one again, <clears throat> I love the way that he says, or set foot on the path of sinners. Anybody ever set foot on the path? Anybody ever just, 
well, I'm not really doing it, but I'm kind of standing there. I'm not living my life. I'm not walking in it, but I'm kind of bumping into it. I'm, I'm bumping into people that are going in that way. And I think, I think personally that this is talking about hanging around people who have the potential or will influence you towards sin or influence you away from God. You ever been around, listen, and this is not to bash people, but you ever been around certain people and you thought to yourself, I really need to make a shift here because every time I get around them, I feel like they are pulling me away from God. I don't feel like they're drawing me closer to God. I feel like they're pulling me away from God. I, do, I feel like, I feel like, you know, they're kind of riding the line and I don't need to stand in that path. I don't need to be, you know, bumping shoulders with temptation all the time because I'm standing in the path of people that are walking in the opposite direction. This doesn't mean that we avoid people that are walking in the opposite direction. We love them and we minister to them and we give them Jesus and we speak truth in love. But at the same time, we are, we're called to not stand on the path or in the path of sinners or people that are walking in the other way. You ever remember a time when you weren't walking it, but you were considering it? You're standing there, and you're looking at what everybody else is doing, and you're on the path, or you weren't going with the flow yet, but you were bumping into it. You ever had a thought like this? You thought this to yourself, well, I'm not really walking in sin, at least it's not what they're doing. If you have thoughts, well, at least it's not what, at least, like, I might be in this place, but at least it's not what they're doing. Maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, somewhere where you need to take inventory of your life and you say, search my heart, oh God, because am I standing in a path that has the potential to pull me away from God or lead me in the wrong direction? Am I standing in this path? Because blessed is the person who makes the decision not to stand in that path, who avoids that path. And I wonder how many people would be willing to admit that you may not have been walking in the wrong way, but you were flirting with it. I may not be walking in it yet, but I'm rubbing shoulders with it. And we don't need to stand in that path. Jesus, Jesus said, I love this, he said the road to destruction is wide. And many are going that way. But the road that leads to life is narrow. And few find it. Few find it. I, I think I, I wrote it down this way. That some of us have been desiring the blessing and the favor of God in our lives, but we're going to have to get on a different road. We're going to have to get off the road that we've been on, and we're going to have to get on a different path. Stand in a different path. Start walking in a different way. Or here was the last one. You ever, you ever found yourself sitting in the wrong seat? Some translations say, you know, scoffers, mockers ridiculers, you know, whatever you, whatever translation you read, it might put a different word in there, but I think this is talking about uh, people who, who maybe they make light of serious things, or even more than that, sit in judgment of everyone and everything. Like you're sitting in the place of, of I, I'm in the, the judge's seat of everyone and everything around me. It says, blessed is the person who doesn't sit there. Right? You ever... Can you remember a time in your life, or maybe it's something you struggle with right now, when you were sitting in a place and maybe mocking the things of God? And I know that seems drastic. That seems far out there. But I think we do it more often than what we even realize. 
You ever, you ever been sitting in a place of feeling better than somebody else? Looking around and feeling like, well, I'm so glad I'm better than them. Look at what, look at what they have going on there. I'm, I'm glad my life doesn't look the way that their life looks. You ever found your place, sit, your, yourself sitting in a place of insulting words or insulting actions or sitting in, check this out, in a place of bitterness? Here's what, here's what happens a lot of times. is we find ourselves in it, we allow bitterness to take root in our heart, and so that causes us to sit down in this seat. And now we're not, we're not, we're not living our lives in the blessing of God, or as this word would even be translated, happy, because bitterness has taken root, and we've, sit down, we've sat down in a place where everyone and everything around us is wrong, not what we want it to be, and we find ourselves sitting in, you know, ridicule, mockery, scoffers. It says, blessed is the person, the man, the woman, the believer that doesn't find themselves sitting down in that seat. They're not, they're not walking in this way, they're not standing on this path, and they're not sitting in this seat. And I want to ask you a couple of questions before we go on to the next point. In what areas of your life are you being counseled by wickedness? In what areas of your life are you being counseled by culture? You're being counseled by sinfulness, and you don't, you may not even know it. You're being counseled by deceitfulness. In what areas of your life is that going on? In what areas of your life are you compromising? You're just standing there. It's not really that bad. But blessed is the person who doesn't walk in this way and stand on this path and sit in this seat. And I would submit to you that those areas in your life are probably areas where you are not experiencing the blessing of God. Because blessed is the man who does not walk in this way, stand on this path, sit in this seat. But here's the good news. Point number two, it's a contrast. Delight in the word. Delight in the word. Now I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about delighting in the word. I didn't say reading it. Some of us are good at reading it. I'm talking about delighting in the word. Delighting in the word. Here's how the Amplified Bible translates this verse, verse number two. But his delight, so he's, he's not doing these things, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually, I like that, meditates day and night. He habitually meditates day and night. Delighting in the word. What does it mean to delight in the word? The word that we translate here as delight, it can also be translated as pleasure. Pleasure. In other words, what does the blessed or happy person do? They take and find their pleasure in God's word. They're not looking for pleasure in other places. They are delighting and finding pleasure in the word of God. Blessed or happy or prosperous or favored by God is the person who finds their pleasure in the word of God. Delights in the word of God. 
And I want you to think about it for just a moment. Where do you find pleasure? When you think about, when you think about the Bible, when you think about the things that Jesus said or the things that, that Paul wrote down or that Peter wrote down or the stories in the Old Testament that are about deliverance of God's people and how he keeps trying to bring them back to himself and how he has a plan for them and I believe he has a plan. When you, when you think about the things that you read and hopefully you're reading it, when you think about the word of God, do you, do you find pleasure? Like do you open it up and it's like, this is exactly what I need. This is exactly what I need. My delight is right here. I'm finding pleasure in this. This is not trying to keep me from life. This is trying to lead me to life. Whew, too many times we look at the Word of God and we're like, man, it's just a bunch of rules and you can't do this and you can't do that. No, this isn't trying to keep you from experiencing life. This is trying to lead you to life. And we think that we know best, and we don't. We need to delight and take pleasure in the word of God. And that's what it says is blessed is the man or the woman or the person who finds pleasure in habitually meditating on God's word day and night. Now, listen to me. This is not talking about, you think about meditating. Anybody ever thought about meditating? I'm not talking about sitting down in your room and crossing your legs and, and, and you know, and you got your elbows on your knees and, you know, whatever that looks like. I don't know. And you're sitting there, you know, and you're just meditating. I'm talking about meditating on God's word habitually, day and night, meditating on the Word of God. What does it mean to meditate on the Word of God? It doesn't mean that you need to quit your job so that you can just sit at home and read the Bible all day long. You don't need to quit your job so you can go home and just sit and read the Bible all day long. You need to meditate on God's Word. Meditate on it. Here's what it means, I think, to meditate. You think about it. How often during the day do you think about God's Word? That it's on your mind. You recall it. You ponder on it. You think about, look at, listen to this. You think about how it connects to your life. That it's not just words. It's how does this connect to me? What is this meaning for me? What am I supposed to do with this? And this is a big one. I think that it means you make decisions with the word of God in mind. That it's, how, how many times have you made a decision and, and, and what God thought about it or what God's word said about it was an afterthought. You ever made a decision? Listen, no condemnation. You ever made a decision? And then you look back on it like six months later and you're like, if I would have gone to God's word, if I would have asked the Lord in this moment, I probably would have made a different decision. We meditate, we think, we recall, we ponder on God's word. We make it a part of us. Makes me think back as I was preparing for this, what God's instruction was to Joshua when he took over after Moses died. This is what the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1.8. He says, this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. David, David wrote about the word of God this way in Psalm 119. He said, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I, will pro- I proclaim all the judgments of your mouth. I rejoice in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. And listen, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So often, I know I do this, and I would submit to you that you probably do as well. We go through our day and we forget the word. What would it look like for you to delight in the Word of God? I was talking to somebody one time, and, and they said that for them, basically, it's, man, I, I read the Word, and I really don't even watch anything on TV except for messages and preaching and, and things that are going to feed my spirit. And that was a way like, hey, I don't want anything in here that's going to distract me. I just want to meditate. I want to be in God's Word all the time. Another thing um, I was just thinking of some ways that this could be practical. Uh, another way, Amanda and I, a lot of times, we, we enjoy in our, our text messaging, we'll read something and we'll send it to each other, you know, or, or you can do, you know, the, the version Bible app, you do plans with other people and we'll do those and comment on that. And it's a way that, that, that we're meditating on and being able to see what each other is getting out of what we're reading. And so it's like, man, I feel like the Lord spoke this to me. I was reading this verse today or whatever, and this is what I got out of it. Come on, you're thinking about it. You're pondering on it. Maybe, uh, maybe you want to take uh, the verse of the day on the Bible app and set reminders on your phone throughout the day to go back and read it again and, and meditate on it. Think about it. What was the verse for today? I'm going to think about that today. How am I going to apply that to my life today? Another thing, uh, I've seen people, and we've had this before, um, where they'll post scriptures on their wall, you know, above light switches or in places where they commonly stand or whatever, so that all throughout the day, as they're walking through their house, when they go to flip a light on, they're seeing a verse of scripture and they're reading it. Or when they go to wash the dishes, they're seeing a verse of scripture and they're reading it. Or when they go to walk into a room, they're seeing a verse of scripture and they're reading it. Come on, somebody, some of us need to put a verse of scripture on the back of the remote control. And every time you pick up the remote control, you see that and you think, I need to meditate. I need to read God's word. I need to be in God's word. I need to meditate and think about God's word today. You know these verses, but I'm going to read them to you again. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete or mature, fully equipped for every good work. It's the word of God. Blessed is the man who who avoids certain things and doesn't just rub shoulders or stand in this path or sit in this seat, but his delight, his pleasure is in the Word of God and what God says. The Word of God will help you. It will change you. It is life to us. And we should be people who delight and find pleasure in God's Word. And you probably noticed it. I mentioned it earlier. But verses 1 and 2, there are this contrast that I think can be summed up in this way. The truly happy person guides his life by God's instruction rather than by the advice of those who reject that instruction. It's going to God's word first, delighting in God's word first, following God's word and his voice first. And then in verse 3, we see this picture. It's a beautiful picture of what this blessed person looks like. This is what it says. He is like a tree. In other words, the, the person who has done these things is like a tree planted by streams of water yielding its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and who prospers in all he does. I think the Bible is teaching us that blessing and happiness is found in avoiding the advice and the ways of sin 
and wickedness and finding pleasure in and meditating on God's word. And then we see this picture of what the blessed person, where they find their self. And here's where they find their self, planted. Blessed is the person who, it goes through the things that we just talked about, and then it tells us, here, and here's what that looks like. That person finds themselves planted. And not just planted, planted where God wants them. Planted by the streams, plant, like their leaves do not wither. They're growing, they're maturing, they're planted. They're planted by streams, and no matter how barren or bad the weather gets, they still have life. They're producing fruit in God's timing because of where they're planted. It goes back to this. I was thinking about this, the biblical idea that, that we are blessed to be a blessing. And I was thinking about this producing of fruit. Because we talk about this a lot. There's some fruit that God wants to produce that when you're, when you're in the Word and you're spending time with God, like the, the, the fruit that is produced in your life. And you ever thought about this before, that trees don't eat their own fruit? Fruit is produced on a tree for the benefit of somebody else. The fruit that is being produced in your life that God says, hey, this type of person is planted and they're producing fruit in due season. And fruit is meant to be a blessing to other people. Think about it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of those things, when they're produced out of you, it benefits everybody around you. It benefits everybody around you. It's, it's the fruit that we produce is for the benefit of not just us, but other people. The trials and the negative things in life, come on, this tree that's planted here, it doesn't take them out because they're, they're planted, they're rooted. This blessed person says they prosper in all they do. A better way of saying this might be that they come to maturity. We were talking about that in James. They come to maturity. This person comes to maturity. Because they're avoiding sinful things. They found pleasure in God's word and they have been planted. Look at what, look at what Jeremiah wrote. This is Jeremiah 17. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. He is like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots toward the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes and its leaves are always green, it does not worry in a year of drought, nor does it cease to produce fruit. Psalms 92. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. Come on, anybody receive that today? I want to prosper in old age. I want to produce fruit in old age. They will flourish and be vital and fresh. Rich in trust and love and contentment. And so for just a moment, I want to talk to you about point number three. And I simply titled it this, Stay Planted. Stay Planted. Let me ask you a question. You ever, you ever uprooted yourself? Why, why, do we, why do we uproot ourselves? There's, there's one statement in verse number three, Psalm 1 verse 3, that says that this, this person is like a tree that is planted by streams and it produces fruit in season. You know why we uproot a lot of times? We don't see the season. 
So we, we think that we need this and we want this and we desire this. Maybe it's just not the season. Maybe God's doing something different in you right now and the season's coming when you're going to see all this fruit and experience the fruit. But a lot of times, listen to me, a lot of times we uproot our lives because we don't think it looks like what it ought to look like. But we have a promise from the word of God that says this person is planted by streams. This person produces fruit in due season. This person, their leaves will not wither. Why? Because they're blessed. Because they have taken delight and pleasure in God's word. And it's sustaining them. It's sustaining them. We need to stay planted. Sometimes we uproot because life isn't what we thought it would be. We're not seeing what we wanted to see. And fruit comes in season. I think that too many times we uproot ourselves. We uproot from, I mean, you fill in the blank with whatever it is. Come on, we've all, we've all probably done this at some point. We pulled the roots out of the ground and we were like, I, I'm just not seeing it. And sometimes God's saying, the season was coming, but I was doing something in you right now for the season that was coming. So stay planted. Stay planted where God has you. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to ask you this question. Do you recognize where God has planted you? Do you recognize where God has planted you? Because if God has planted you somewhere, if this person is planted in a specific place so that they are fed and they produce fruit in due season and their leaves don't wither and they're not going to dry up like this person is planted by God in a specific place and here's the reality of staying planted staying planted is how you're fed staying planted is how you produce fruit staying planted is what sustains life and staying planted is how you mature it's when you stay planted and i was reading these three verses and i thought man this is so practical and it's right here in front of us blessed happy prosperous favored by god is the person who doesn't walk in this way or stand on this path or choose to sit down in the wrong seat but their delight their pleasure is in the word of God. And they meditate on it. Throughout the day, they're thinking about it. They're pondering it. They're, they're mulling it over in their mind. Come on, they've got the verse on the steering wheel of their car. When they get in there, they're thinking, oh yeah, I need to meditate. They've got the reminder on their phone that says, go back and read that again because you need to meditate on my word today. And this person is like a person who's planted. And here's, here's what I know about every person in this room. Every one of us want to be verse 3. We all want to be planted by streams of water that feed us and sustain us. And our leaves never wither and they never dry up. And we produce fruit in season and it's benefiting other people around. We all want verse 3. But verse 3 is a byproduct of a person who has made some decisions. 
And their delight is in the word of God and in the things of God. I think the psalmist is teaching us this, that being blessed or happy is a byproduct of decisions we make and where we find our pleasure, which leads us to being planted where we can be fed, we can produce fruit, we can experience life, and we can come to maturity. Blessed is the person. Blessed is the person that his delight is in the Lord. His delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Meditate on his word. Get it in you. That's the person that's planted. And when, when, when you're planted and God plants you, listen, stay in the ground. Don't uproot because you haven't seen what, man, I felt like God was going to do this in my life. Maybe God's doing something before he can get to that in your life. And you need to stay planted. You need to stay planted by that stream that can feed you and sustain you and keep your leaves from withering and you're delighting yourself in the Lord and delighting yourself in his word. And because of that, you're being fed and you're being nourished and you're not withering away and you will produce fruit in the right season. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to pray over you. We're going to sing one final song. Our prayer team, those that are going to pray can go ahead and come down. We want to have an opportunity for anybody that's in here today that needs prayer to be able to receive prayer. I can't, I can't think... I was asking the Lord how to end this message and, and how to go into this time of worship. I can't think of a better time. There's no better time than the present, but as we near the end of a year, there's, there's nothing miraculous that happens whenever we walk into a new year. The miraculous happens whenever we make the decision to trust in God and we start, and, and we start doing things differently. And I was thinking to myself, there's no better time than right now as we're nearing the end of one year and about to enter into a new year. For us to make the decision, what, it, what does it look like for me to delight myself in his word? Have I been, have I been walking in a certain way that, that in that area of my life, I can't experience the blessing of God in that area of my life because of how I've been walking or where I've been standing or how I've been sitting in this seat. And maybe today you need to make the decision. You just need to tell the Lord right there where you are as we go into this worship song and we have a time of prayer. You just need to tell the Lord, show me what it looks like to delight in your word and to meditate on it day and night. To have it in my heart. For it to be the first thing when I face a trial or a temptation, for it to be the first thing that comes to my mind. And that I can speak the word of God. To be the person that is planted, that does not wither, that produces fruit, that will not dry up. So Lord, right now, in your presence, Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that God, you inspired people to write these things down so that we could look at it and read it and apply it to our lives and understand, wow, this is what it looks like 
to be planted. This is what it looks like to be somebody who is happy, who is blessed by God. So Lord, right now, as we go into this time of worship and prayer, I just ask that you would speak to our hearts individually and that you would do what only you can do, that we would even ask you in this moment, what are you saying to me right now? What are you speaking to me right now? What do you want to do in me right now? And Holy Spirit, I pray if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Gwen has something he wants to share before we get going. God bless each and every one of y'all. One thing I'd like to say, all of us are blessed right today, just waking up today. You know, first of all, I would like this sir, I'm planting. Speaking of planting, I couldn't see the forest for looking at the trees. You know, the, God got a plan for me way back there. He already had a plan. And I just want to say, I am highly blessed, and each and every one of you all are blessed, because I've been through a lot. And I write all the time, so this is something that's been bothering me. And it's funny that the word was blessed today, and I had this shirt on, you know. That shows me God wanted me to share this with you. Say, deep down with my mind, body, and soul, I search for all the good things about life as I try to reach my goal. You see, my goal is heaven, God, and I want to live in it with you. You already blessed me with one of your angels, so you tell me what to do. You see, I was riding on the wings of one of your angels through a storm of sin. So you came and touched my heart pulled me back in. You see, I'm one of them that was doing a whole lot of stuff that I didn't need to be, but God was right there with me through everything. You see, and, and that, that really touched my heart when he's speaking of blessed, because what I've been through, only by the grace of God, I'm here right here today. You know, and you know this church and you people, I love each and every one of them. And I want you all to know, every time I come to you and hug you and tell you I love you, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because that's what God wants all of us to do, is love each and every one of us as the same. We all are his children, and he loves us all the same. You see, so I stepped out on faith, and he showed me a sign. Because Jesus will be back for us soon, and I don't want to be left behind. Thank y'all, and God bless y'all.